Hi, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just fine and dandy. You getting through this quarantine okay? Yeah, I kind of enjoy being in quarantine. Well, that makes one of us. Yeah, I like staying at home. Well, I do too, but not all the time and not because I have to and it kind of stresses me out. I really want um, a new chair from Ikea, but Ikea is closed. You can't even do curbside pickup from Ikea. Can you do delivery? You can if you want to pay $129 for shipping. Yeah, because there's this couch that we've been wanting to get before um, the coronavirus came, and we were just about to get it, and then we couldn't. And now we still want the darn couch, but um, we don't want to pay to have it delivered. And even if we did pay to have it delivered, we don't know what we would do with the couches we have. Um, So we're just going to have to wait. Oh, yeah, you can't just leave it out and say free, because who's going to take your corona-infested couch? Right. Anyway, I've been trying to get out and get some exercise so that I don't feel so crazy and that I don't gain 100 pounds while I'm in quarantine. No, that would be bad. You, you'll put on the COVID-19, which is the new freshman 15. It, it's probably going to be more than 19 if I don't stop sitting around eating and watching television. Well, I believe in you. You can do it. You're walking around. I am. When well, we might do some... Uh, Jane Fonda workouts on the YouTube to liven things up as well, so that'll be fun. Yeah, you'll look like Barbarella in no time. That's that's what I'm going for. <laughs> so have you seen Barbarella? I haven't. You should watch it. Um, it's really wild. The beginning of the movie is Jane Fonda floating in zero gravity and just like stripping naked out of her spacesuit. Oh, wow. And she is some sort of intergalactic bounty hunter or something. And she goes to a bunch of different planets. And every time she saves someone on a planet, they then have sex with her. She's a sexy space bounty hunter or something. Oh. It's like if Samus Aran were, like, fucking every Metroid she came into contact with. That'd be Barbarella. Well, My favorite scene like is when fun. Jane Fonda's on this ice planet, and there's this big burly man. Yeah, there's this big burly man in all these furs, and he—I I forget what happens—but he's—it's time for him to bed her, and so he takes off his furs. But the man himself <laughs> is so hairy, you almost can't even tell he took the furs off. Oh my god! It's wild. Yeah. And she gets put in this big machine at the end of it called the Orgasmatron or something, and there's a keyboard attached to it, and they punch these keys on it, and she's moaning all the time. Wow, that sounds like a a heck of a quarantine watch. I might have to check that one out. It really is. There's also a scene with a bunch of creepy dolls that come to life and try to kill her. That sounds less fun. The the movie hits all the notes, from horror to porn. Wow. Yeah. Yep. They don't make them like they used to. They sure don't. I, I would love them to bring Barbarella back. Ariana Grande's video for... Which song is it? Oh, gosh. I can't remember what it's called. She has a, she has a music video that's highly inspired by Barbarella. 
Oh. She flies around and she shoots missiles out of her boobs and saves a bunch of people from a, who, are, who are being <laughs> held captive by a space pirate. It's great. Wow, Ariana Grande can do anything. Oh, it's great. She really can, yeah. So who, who the hell are you? I am Joshua Gross. And I'm Chance Walrat... Wal- <laughs> I can't say it! Walrus Stash Lee. Walrus Stash. Sorry, I don't think I got that. Who are you again? I'm Chance Walrus Stash Lee. There we go. And this is a gross bit of gross misinterpretation, the podcast where we look at popular media from a queer viewpoint. Stephen King books are very long, so we want, we're going to have these little gross bits in between our um, our reading, so that we just we have something out there for people to listen to. Yeah, they're little gross bits for you to nibble on in between our our bigger buckets of grossness. Right, I guess. <laughs> Today we're discussing problematic media and whether you should like it or not, like Stephen King books. Is it okay to still like reading Stephen King books, even though so many of them are problematic? Should Chance still have the hots for James Franco? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about how these two crazy topics fit together. How are they problematic? And how do we reconcile what we know is bad with something we know we like, like James Franco? I know you like him, you just won't admit it. That is, that's not true. But I know you like him, and I I respect that. I do like him. Spring Breakers is one of my favorite movies, and he really should have been nominated for an Oscar. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. He does an amazing performance. Even though he's really just playing riffraff, it's still really good. (laughs) Well, I was inspired to do this gross bit by a blog article by Jenny D that I found. A blarticle. Right. That's the technical term. Um, this one's called, it, it's called Loving Disney Without Loving Racism. And it's about how she really loves Disney's Fantasia um, and the Pastoral Symphony uh, section of the movie, um, despite the um, history of racist elements that it used to have in it that they've taken out. So can you tell me a little bit more about Fantasia? I never watched it. Um, it came out in 1940, and it is, um, it's, a ser- it's a collection of... Uh, classical music pieces set to animation Um, and the one that we're talking about specifically is um, a long piece by Beethoven that features um, centaurs and cupids and mythological figures and stuff like that Um, and the original release featured um, a racist caricature Um, as she says in the article uh, she had uh, this sunflower had big exaggerated lips and hair and the body of a donkey and her role in the movie was to assist the other centurettes as they got ready essentially serving them but when the movie was re-released in 1969 um the racist elements had been removed um it was re-released sometimes in the 90s because that's where i saw it in the theater um, when i was a kid um and obviously it didn't have those parts in it either um i didn't get to see them until on youtube fairly recently in regards to this article yeah, I, I didn't know about it. We tried to watch it as a family in the 90s, but my younger cousin had a lot of trouble pooping and spent the entirety of the movie screaming that she didn't want to go to the bathroom, and then my older cousin and I were just screaming at her to go poop. So that's all I remember about Fantasia. Probably not the most ideal way to watch it. 
That's the one with Mickey and the broomsticks, right? Yes, that's the Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, segment towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, we probably just wanted to sorcer the poop right out of her so she'd shut up. It was a traumatic time <laughs> for us all. It sounds like it. Did you ever have trouble pooping as a child, Josh? Um, no, but I'm so glad we're on this topic now. I think I remember talking about it in psychology class when I was in high school and thinking about my cousin because I never sat down and talked to her about it in a serious way. Like, why was pooping so scary for you? But we talked about it in psychology class and people with an anal fixation and how you might think that you're losing a part of yourself when you're pooping and so it becomes very traumatic at a young age. So I wonder if that's what it was. Oh, that's interesting. My psychology teacher in high school was also, like, batshit insane, so I wouldn't trust anything she said without verification. Okay. Well, still interesting to hear about. Yeah. And now I personally love pooping. I have my squatty potty and my bidet. So it's such a nice experience. Yeah, it's such a nice experience. So, all right, so Disney edited out the pooping and the racism from Fantasia, and that's good. Or is that bad? Well, there wasn't any pooping in it to begin with. You just made that part up. Well, what do you, how um, do you know? They could have they edited it out, and you, you just haven't seen it. You weren't around in 1940. The point of all this is she's asking the question, can we love something that's problematic? Um, and ultimately she says um, yes for two main reasons. One is like everything's going to be problematic to a certain extent for the most part. And two, she says, by consuming problematic media, we learn to analyze media and think about it complexly. And we enable ourselves to hold creators accountable and demand better. No, it's true. I mean, you know, media, like anything, you just have to, you know, be aware of what you're consuming. I know Oreos are bad for me, but I still eat them occasionally. And by knowing that they're bad, I I can enjoy them in limited quantities, despite their badness. Stephen King books are exactly the same thing. Well, Stephen King books are basically literary Oreos because you're not getting anything of any sort of intellectual depth out of it. <laughs> and sure, they might taste good in the moment, but I feel like crap after I've eaten the whole box in a couple of sittings. His books are so fucking big. They're double stuff Oreos, too. And those always hurt my t- tummy. Do they? Yeah, I don't... I'm, I don't like the cream in an Oreo that much. I like the cookie. And I would say Stephen King books are, are all cream and no cookie. They're like double stuff Oreos, but with thin Oreo cookies. That makes you know, sense. There's no, there's no crunch. There's no crunch to them. It's all, it's all cream. It's all trans fat and gooiness. Well, speaking of problematic media, you were also um, brought up the whole uh, Woody Allen book thing recently, and Stephen King felt he needed to weigh in on that. I think Stephen King's biggest problem is that he doesn't know that he doesn't have to talk like i mean this bitch has written thousand page books you think he wouldn't have more to say but he does and he got on twitter when hachette is it hachette hatchet the publisher decided to drop the woody allen book they also published ronan farrow's catch and kill and then decided it was a good idea to publish woody allen's book but I think a bunch of staff members walked out, and so they decided not to publish it. And Stephen King hops on Twitter 
probably sitting on the toilet with no bidet and is says that the hatchet decision to drop the Woody Allen book makes me very uneasy. It's not him. I don't give a damn about Mr. Allen. It's who gets muzzled next that worries me. And that made me so mad because, like, we're being muzzled right now. Hachette isn't publishing our book either. So I'm really pissed that we're being muzzled. Right. Not to mention, this isn't this isn't a situation of, like, censorship. This is not giving a platform to an accused child predator. Right. He kind of doubled down on this later and talked about how this isn't the right way to do things and that people should vote with their wallets without taking a few seconds to consider that that's what the publisher is doing as a private company. It's not all just consumer-driven. You don't have to offer every sort of product. Right. So in the article that you mentioned, um, the writer talks about the wrong way and the right way to consume problematic media, and she boils it down into three things in each category. The wrong way is to defend it, ignore it, and dismiss it. And the right way is to think critically, talk about the problems, and push for better. And regarding Woody Allen, Stephen King definitely does the wrong way. He doesn't necessarily defend it, but he outright dismisses it by saying, I don't give a damn about him. He just dismisses it altogether. He does. So, Joshua, how does James Franco fit into all this? Well, James Franco is problematic. How so? He's so dreamy. Well, he's had some accusations made against him, I believe. Like what? Accusations of being just too hot to handle. How much gin did you have today? (laughs) So five women have accused actor James Franco of inappropriately or sexually exploitive behavior. The one I really remember is a film that he did and kind of... It was complicated, kind of forcing... I mean, you can't really force someone because they voluntarily took the job, but asking actresses to be nude on camera or something even though they had signed a contract saying that they would it was a a little confusing to parse you sound like you're defending it (gasps) maybe i am but i'm also trying to i know i know this is the wrong way to do it um but i do take it into consideration when i watch movies with him in it i try to think critically about what i consume and talk about the problems and push for better um a lot of it, I think, for me personally, depends on, like, money and creative control. So I really like Spring Breakers, but he's he's a lead in that movie, but it's not a movie that he has produced or made. I didn't see The Room. Is that what it's called? He did that movie based uh-huh. on that movie. Yeah, so I haven't seen either of them. And I haven't seen it because I didn't I, – well, I don't care, uh, for one thing – so that that's tough too because it's not like something I might really be interested in that I would then be not choosing to buy you know I'm not really making any sort of stand because I wouldn't go get it anyway I don't know it's tough right um, but I would definitely be less likely to spend money on that project because as director and producer and stuff he stands to profit more from it than he does for Spring Breakers and it also depends on the level of, of problematicness. Like, again, with Stephen King, I think his biggest problem is that he just runs his mouth like the out-of-touch old man that he is. Um, and 
I mean, that's that's problematic, but I mean, it's not like that serious. I don't know on a spectrum. I also feel like he's he's kind of promoting his worldview um, on a a large level, considering how many people read his books um, and how you know they all seem to take place within this worldview that patriarchal, heteronormative, um, etc. Yeah, maybe that's worse because it is so subtle. You know, it's subtly shaping the way people think, which we've talked about on the podcast before, you know, reading his books when we're younger and just thinking that that's the way the world works. (gasps) It's almost worse. Yes, I mean, because I read a lot of his books when I was younger and I just... I, I figured he knew what he was talking about. But thankfully, I'm older, and I can read it, and I can know the difference, and, you know, and even still enjoy some of his works while still thinking about it critically and knowing he's problematic. You're older and wiser, and you can question Uncle Stevie and push him to do better. Yes. Like, I won't buy Stephen King books mostly because I don't like him. It doesn't really... I don't really take into account the fact that he's a rambling baddie old coot but i mean although that's why i don't like his books because it is that worldview that seeps through yes i only buy his books because you force me to i knew that was coming <laughs> i'm being victimized by you i think that the the best way for you to look at it is that i'm 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 encouraging you to read this and to speak out against the problems you see so that you can help other people and bring awareness to these issues. That's true. I do like to speak out. I think that's a much more positive way of looking at it other than just Josh is forcing you to read stinky Stephen King books. That's true. And, you know, I mean, I I can't really... I'm not going to start a podcast speaking out about James Franco, but I, you know, I support people who are, you know speaking out against him you know i i support that and i you know i'm not gonna say these people are lying because i really like james franco or something like that you know what i mean that that's a little different yeah i like spring breakers versus like these women are lying because james franco would never do that like unfortunately i call him my most problematic celebrity crush because i totally believe he would do stuff like that and i can't help it that i still like him you know what? That's that's your right, Chance. You know the issues. You're aware of them. You think about them. You don't defend him. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, I know I don't defend him when I'm lusting after him. <laughs> okay, yeah, so James Franco bad, but... I what could... about Joe Biden? Because um, he, Joe, he just Joe recently, Biden bad. his previous... His previous accuser has um, gone back and said that he sexually assaulted her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this is basically the person we have to vote for for president. I know. I'm really pissed about it because I sure was mad at all the Bernie supporters who wouldn't vote for Hillary in the last election. So I have to kind of walk the walk and vote for Joe Biden, even though that's the last thing I want to do. I'd rather vote for a stick than vote for Joe Biden. Well, you're absolutely right. We're we're literally being forced to to vote for Joe Biden because the alternative is just more Trump. So what other problematic things are there to talk about? Or maybe we should wrap this up because this is a gross bit, not a gross marathon. 
Yes, did you have anything else that you wanted to say about Joe Biden and his influence over the country? Um, you know what? I think it's just it does a good job to reiterate the article that you read by Jenny Dye and the right way and the wrong way to consume problematic media, which is all media. And the wrong way is to defend it, ignore it, and dismiss it. And the right way is to think critically, talk about the problems, and push for better. And in 2020, we are all problematic. So the best thing we can do is think critically about ourselves, talk about our own problems, which are myriad, and push for better. I absolutely agree. Amen to that. Well, we're going to be starting... um doctor sleep hopefully since we're in quarantine we'll have plenty of time to get that read quickly but we'll probably be doing another gross bit in between now and then um, so look forward to that yes we'll have to do another gross bit because I'm still waiting for my book to arrive and I have no idea what address it's going to where on the planet it is I have no clue when or if it will even arrive Okay, well, if it takes too long, I'm just going to send you a copy. That would be mighty generous of you, Mr. Gross. Thank you so much for joining me today in quarantine during a global pandemic to talk about everything that's problematic in the world. Do you have any anything Josh, else you want to Josh, it was my pleasure. No, it was my pleasure to join you from 6,000 miles away. <laughs> Which is the only safe distance in quarantine. All right. Well, remember to keep washing your hands and stay indoors as best you can, and we'll get together again soon. Aw, that sounds so nice. All right. Bye, Joshy. Bye, Chance.